Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 116. Today we'll be taking a closer look at partnerships. These are business leaders working in close collaboration, sharing the leadership role of the business, and complementing the vision and strategy. Our featured book today is Working Together, Why Great Partnerships Succeed, by Michael Eisner and Aaron Cohen. Good morning, Shai. Good morning, Craig. Hey, great talking with you this morning, and this is really appropriate that we're talking about partnerships and those relationships that really grow into something really impressive, and sometimes not, but what's been your experience with partnerships? Well, I think finding the right partner can help you do so much more, be so much more productive and get more of your work and creativity into the world. I think a great example is the way that you and I work together on this show. Yeah, it really works well. And there's so many bases to that. But we have a common interest and we have a common goal, bringing great information into the airwaves. And it also has a lot of fun to it and a lot of pieces and parts. And every relationship is different and every partnership is different. Behind every successful business leader, there is either a partner or there's a close collaboration with someone very close to that person to work out business and vision and strategy and momentum on a continuous basis. Yeah, and I think that one of the most powerful things that partnerships bring is a shared ownership in the truest sense, right? So you're both completely vested in the goals that you're trying to achieve. And I think that allows you to have really healthy discussion and discourse and debate and frequently leads towards better outcomes. The benefit for the goal that's been set as far as the vision of the business just gets more refined and gets tested and taken in different directions from a review standpoint and building that strategy just gets so much more refined in the quality of the vision and the implementation. There's some great examples of great partnerships out there that we've seen in the past. One that comes to mind right off for me is Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger from Berkshire Hathaway. You know, Warren gets a lot of the spotlight, has a great responsibility of managing a major operation being Berkshire Hathaway. At the same time, his partner, Charlie Munger, provides a lot of the insight and information and research. He's just a walking book. And they both respect each other, both key off of each other, and both have different capabilities. So it's a great relationship that everyone benefits from. Other ones like Bill Hewitt and David Packard from the past, you know, great friends to begin with, and both had the similar vision and background of wanting to create a great company. So that synergy and both working in the same direction had a lot of power to it. Any others that come to mind? Well, I really you know, want to touch a little bit more on this relationship with Buffett and Munger because these are two of arguably the greatest business thought leaders of their generation. And their thinking combined is truly what makes them great. And what I mean by this is they constantly check and balance each other 
and they make decisions according to certain philosophies that they've agreed upon. And so they're able to really challenge each other when one of them gets too far outside the rails and wants to make an investment decision that's not consistent. There's that other one that's there almost like your conscience, you know, (laughs) to say to you, hey, this seems to be a little outside of what we normally do. How are you supporting this decision? And so they're able to challenge each other really as true equals. And it's been absolutely powerful. And their influence on others and the way that people invest and the way people thinking about investment and just wealth creation and risk management is really profound. And it's reached out to so many people, even outside of business. It's amazing the power, of course, with the press that they have, but yet they're both very humble people. They speak very clearly and they speak a lot about supporting each other and respect with the media. So it's very apparent that these two work together and support each other and are tied together. It's impressive from every standpoint. And I think it's really a great example of how two people working together have become much more greater and their influence than either one of them could have been alone. Yeah. Other examples like Larry Page and Sergey Brin, both didn't like each other when they were first in college. <laughs> it was very interesting. That, That's funny to think about. Yeah. You know, these, these were not a normal coupling, if you will, but they were put on a similar project and it had to do with data. And then they developed a mutual respect for each other's capacity and capabilities and insight. And it grew from there. And they've become a very strong partnership that really grew into what we know today as Google, of course. But even on some of their side projects, they really enjoy pushing the boundaries and sharing some of their vision and growth and working together on a continuous basis. Yeah, and I think it's that shared passion, right, that they have around data mining, right? That's really what brought them together was Mm -hmm. that. And they were able to work through those differences for the sake of developing something incredible. And I think there's there's another important lesson from Paige and Brynn. As they grew the company, they recognized that they needed to bring someone else in to lead on the board, right, as the company grew. And I think that one mistake that I frequently see with startups And this is definitely a mistake I made early on in my career. And it's a mistake I see people making again and again, is they confuse the idea of business ownership and business leadership. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. One of the key things you have to figure out early on in either your partnership or just your own direction of what you want to do with the business is, are you trying to build something where you are going to be doing all of the delivery, all of the time. In other words, you're basically just trying to create a freelance consultancy or a service where you are the product yourself. Or are you truly trying to create a business that has asset value? Most of our listeners, of course, are doing exactly that. They're trying to grow a sustainable and profitable business that can create value without them. And that ideally will create generational wealth beyond that, right? And so if your goal is to really build that asset, then when partners come together, you need to think of that asset as this third thing, right? It's the two of you on the outside trying to create this entity. And the roles that you will play, especially in the early stages of that entity, you may play roles within the org chart, but it's not the same thing as the roles you're playing as shareholders, as stakeholders, as equal partners 
And that shows up with great partnerships, being different individuals and allowing each to be an individual and kind of not keeping score. In some partnerships, there's a lead and a follow or response scenario. And so there may be one partner that's stronger in a lot of areas, but the other partner is very strategically strong in some key areas. So there may be a misbalance as far as volume of value each brings, but still fully tied together and very strategically important in the melding of that partnership, adding to that synergy. So we see a lot of these, what may appear to be misbalanced partnerships, not an equal scenario, but once you tear away the layers, you start realizing that it's very tied together and very integral the way that partnership blends together. A classic one might be Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. At different points in time, we may view, based on media and writings and so forth, that Steve Jobs was the company. At different times and early on, of course, um, Steve Wozniak was very clearly an important member to that team, that partnership and making it happen. And then, like you're saying, the two of them together working in the same direction of both check and balance on how we're going to evolve and strategize and having some discord is good. It gives a different point of view, but still being supportive of each other. Then we saw later on with Steve Jobs and Johnny Ive. That relationship, a partnership, was extremely strong and very interesting and how that drove the company forward in their own individual skills and certain capacities that they both had in different areas. Propelling the vision forward, propelling the company forward and involving the best of both sides to bring forward to that capability and delivery of a great company, a great products, services, solutions. Well, and I think early on, you know, when you think of Jobs and Woz, this is such a classic case of balance where you have a guy like Jobs who was in some ways very outgoing to the point of being a little bit boisterous, right? Not afraid to stand up in front of a crowd and fond of grand gestures in theater. And you had Woz who's more introverted, more interfacing, more product focused, innovation focused. And he was really, truly the technician. And so the strength of the two of these guys, you know, was to have someone that could bring his incredible inventions to the market and someone that could influence the way he positioned those to help imagine a whole new market and a whole new way that people might use those things. And from Jobs' point of view, without the brilliance of a guy like Waz, we would have never seen Apple come to life. That's that synergy. Many of the great partnerships, the partners are very different strengths, but they know that and they know that this is actually a good thing. You know, I got to tell you, the other thing that comes to mind is I met an author that I very, very much admire. And we were talking about the different books that they'd written. And this is an expert in a lot of different areas. And we're talking, you know, New York Times bestseller, high profile individual that is basically a household name in a lot of leadership circles and to anyone that studies leadership. And he disclosed the wonderful partnership that he has with his co-author. And he's a pretty humble guy. And he credits so much to that co-author. But the huge lesson for me was, you know, we talked about it and he was saying, you know, we share in this together in the creation of the books. And he's actually doing all the work because he's a way better writer than I am. 
So he's writing a lot of things that may have come from my philosophies, but he's so much better in turning them into compelling things to read. Right. And, you know, he looked at me and he said to me something that was really great. And he said, you know, shy, don't forget, you don't have to be good at everything. And it's impossible for us to be good at everything. Right. And that is where good partnerships can really make all the difference in the world. And recognizing that there needs to be balance. There's so many examples out there of partnerships that there's a technical side and strength and engineering strength. And then there's a people strength and possibly marketing and and being the voice. It's very typical, especially for those entrepreneurs that are very gifted in the technical side of the offering, but not necessarily the sales, marketing and administrative side. So you're right, that complementary side is, is very powerful. And you see this with husband and wife teams, too, as far as partnerships. I've worked with a number of them and they each have their strengths. And one would tell you that they couldn't do it without the other. It's a consistency that's really nice to hear and how they balance that and work that. So, yeah, that balance and utilizing the best assets at the right time in the right place make it continuously a synergistic effect. Yeah, and I think so. There are some lessons here for our listeners as far as, so what do you do right now if you don't have a business partner? What are your thoughts on that, Craig? Should people be exploring looking for partners to help balance out what they do? Can they look externally to other resources? Can they look internally within their organization? What's your philosophy on that? Yeah, in today's age, partnerships can take on different flavors. We have the stereotypical one as far as two people that come together and form a partnership. It's very known that this is a partnership. And there may be invisible partners. There's a lead, maybe the owner and the lead of the business. And there's a very close second in support and maybe an official partner, but not a visible one, maybe not a namesake one. But there's an importance there of drawing upon the resources. And there may be unofficial partnerships. You and I bounce ideas and thoughts about some of our own businesses individually to get some feedback and so forth. So there may be affinity groups or there may be friends and and other business leaders that we consult with. How about yourself? Yeah, well, I agree with that philosophy. You know, you touched on something really important, which is the incredible value of getting an outside view. And if that's not being satisfied within your business, chances are you're going to struggle. And chances are you'll be limited. You won't be able to achieve as much as you can by getting that critical feedback. And I do think affinity groups and coaching are good ways of getting an outside view. Advisory boards, putting together a board of people that you trust and using those relationships to regularly challenge your point of view. And I I want to point that out too, because it's not just joining a group or merely hiring a coach or merely saying, I want to formalize some relationships with my advisors. This really speaks to the heart of being deliberate in searching for points of view to challenge your own. So seeking out trusted environments by which you can say, hey, I'm struggling with this decision. I'm leaning in this direction. Or even better yet, I'm at this crossroads. What is your opinion? What would you do? And part of the place where business owners get trapped is if you've been working by yourself for a long time, you're so used to doing that, that it doesn't feel natural to ask for an outside point of view 
Or you may have developed a tendency to think, well, I I don't want to ask for help because if I ask for help, it's a sign of weakness. That means I'm struggling. It hurts my own confidence because I should be able to solve these problems myself. I've always done it myself. That's how I got here. If I listened to other people, I would have never started my business, right? So these are all the, the internal stories that can prevent us from getting some really great ideas. And, you know, when you're trying to problem solve, we often and all too quickly jump to what we think the solution is. We don't spend enough time thinking about what the problem is and really making sure we've defined and we're solving the right problem. And inadvertently, we can create bigger problems for ourselves. So when you seek these things out, it's as much about your attitude of what you want to accomplish as it is having that partnership in and of itself. That's excellent. And I'd like to jump back to one we discussed in a previous episode, this example that we used in the past from your history and the airlines and the pilot-co-pilot scenario. As you and I know, the pilot may be in the left seat or the right seat at any given time. And that may be applicable to a partnership scenario too. At any given time, one partner might be taking the lead a little bit more than the other. And at different times, that may switch. But there's a role for that partnership when one partner is out front a little bit more on a particular topic. The other is in support, providing information, double-checking the sanity of that, those decisions or statements. So that's that relationship. And when one is lead, the other is supporting and verifying and questioning and challenging and helping to fine-tune. And that can switch roles back and forth. But they're working as a team. So that trust that the partnership has to have, that support that they each have, and I like to bring out one that we kind of forget about once in a while is great partnerships can have great times. Having a great partner and being able to enjoy the great times and working through together on the tough times can be very rewarding and very satisfying. You know, I think for those of us that are fortunate enough to have really close relationships with life partners or spouses, you know what that's like, right? When you have someone to share in the good times that knows what it took to get those good times to happen. And also to have that person that's there when you're struggling, right? That knows you and knows what some of your downsides are, but also knows your strengths and values your best self. Yeah, it can get lonely out there. So Craig, let's distill for our listeners, what do you think the key factors are that make great partnerships work? There's a number of them, and I think a few of them are people that balance each other. Is there a synergistic effect? Do they have a similar views on a number of things, not all? Do they support each other from the standpoint of holding each other accountable? Do they have a common vision? And do they hold each other accountable for it? Do they work together on a trust basis? The foundation of all partnerships is the trust. At the end of the day, they have to trust each other and know that they're both working towards a common goal and trust each other with that goal. And they're not afraid to talk to each other, sometimes a little more boldly than others, but they're willing to draw those views out and take a look at things in a little more detail on a trust basis. And they know each other quite well, as you say. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You mentioned earlier the idea of how airline pilots work in the crew environment. And I think this is really interesting. So for our listeners that don't know a lot about how this works, you know, on the flight deck, there's a captain and a first officer. 
And the captain is designated as sort of the person with ultimate responsibility, just like if you're a solo business owner, how, how you feel, or if you have a CEO, you know, they have the sole responsibility for decisions that are made. But the way they operate in practice is they take turns flying the aircraft. That means the captain may fly the way out and the first officer may fly on the way back or vice versa. So they share the actual duties of piloting the aircraft. And then they take turns because the person that's not flying is supporting the operation. And that pilot is doing a couple of things. They're monitoring the job. So they're watching what the other pilot is doing. And they're confirming things that are happening, especially during critical parts of flight. So they're confirming that the airplane is configured properly. They're actually doing the things that that pilot tells them to do. So the flying pilot may say to the pilot that's monitoring the operation, again, regardless of authority, this has just to do with who's driving and who's supporting. So you may say, put the landing gear down or put the flaps down or do other things to change the configuration of the airplane. And it turns out that the person that's monitoring the flight is really orchestrating all the activity. And it turns out that the person that's monitoring the flight is the one that is able to see potential threats and errors before they happen. Because the person that's focused on actually driving is so focused on that, that sometimes their vision is literally narrowed and they can't see some of the other things that are going on. So when you talk about successful partnerships, when we train pilots, the focus is really on what to do when you're not flying, (laughs) how to be the best possible support person you can for that other person. And that in turn makes the whole operation successful. And to me, that is like the most profound idea in partnerships, whether it's business partnerships, other relationships you have in your life, whether you're on a sports team, how are you helping to make the other people better? When you focus on that, inevitably, you will get better too. And for those who would like to dive in deeper, the book, Working Together, Why Great Partnerships Succeed by Michael Eisner and Aaron Cohen is a great compilation of some real world stories of partnerships from history, including Michael Eisner and Frank Wells in regards to the Walt Disney Company. Some great insight and great history. It's a great read from an entertainment and relationships of partners from the past. You know, Craig, another great example of this from our first season was episode 46. We talked about the book Rocket Fuel with Mark Winters. And that was just such a great lesson. And we learned so much from Mark around how the idea of the key roles of a visionary and an integrator work together and unlocks the full potential of your business. And it was really fascinating. So that's a great listen. Uh, If you have time, that was like a 22-minute episode. I totally recommend that for our listeners. This episode has been sponsored by Align for Business. That's Align, the number four, business.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show. And of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.